Welcome to the Televerse, streaming in place. Murder, she wrote. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to week 20 of Streaming in Place. As you might have guessed, I am not Kate Kolzik, nor am I <laughs> Allison Shoemaker. I am the man with a face for podcasting and a voice for the written word, Noel Kirkpatrick. <laughs> Kate and Allison, how are you today? Uh, well, I considering your Zoom name here of Donahue. Oh my God, uh, I'm 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 doing great. Uh, this is very good. <laughs> good, um, listeners. Today and tomorrow, we're going to be discussing the double length pilot episode of Murder She Wrote, which originally aired in Wait for It, September thirtieth, nineteen eighty four. So this episode is slightly older than I am. <laughs> Which is just feels real great. No, uh, when, is, when is your birthday? Uh, October second. So it's literally a couple of days. <laughs> okay, all right. Before I, this, I am sl- I am slightly more than you're slightly older than this episode. If that is any yep. consolation, I was born in March of eighty four. So okay, so there you go. Yep. <laughs> So, but I'm very excited. I really love Murder, She Wrote, um, as I feel like everyone who eventually watches too much of Murder, She Wrote just starts to love it. Um, (laughs) But I'm very eager to discuss the first hour of The Murder of Sherlock Holmes, which is feels like an appropriate way to kick off a show called Murder, She Wrote. So, um, Allison and Kate, what were your initial experiences with Murder, She Wrote prior to diving into this episode? Um, Had you even seen this episode before or like what are your experience what were your experiences with murder she wrote um i'll toss it to you first allison yeah i uh i grew up watching murder she wrote reruns um and not reruns because uh, this show was on forever right so as a kid i was both watching the early days of murder she wrote in syndication and then also stuff that was airing as it was happening right she left and came back to it a couple times if memory serves regardless it was on for a very long time um so i and i loved it i loved it so much i do not remember my first episode watching it but it was one of several detective shows that i just or mystery shows that i just really loved um but jessica fletcher was always my favorite because it's angela lansbury like how you know a thing occurred to me as i was watching today that i think that jessica Fletcher might be a lot like the fictional version of Norman Jaseef and that <laughs> no one can help you cannot help but like her mm-hmm. like everywhere she goes people just unless they're unless they're condescending media types who aren't even people by the way mm-hmm. um critics and columnists not real people um yep those real people noted for putting on off-broadway productions for 30 bucks a head real people <laughs> real people with whatever he was singing anyway um they, she just seems to make friends and make people love her and trust her everywhere she goes because she's just herself as but as opposed to norman jaseef who is himself in a very thunder lightning the way you love me is frightening kind of way with the hair tossing and the lining of the jacket and all of that jessica fletcher just wants to take the stain out of your dress um <laughs> with a handy mixture of soda and milk and eggs yeah no which isn't a thing for even a frugal yankee that is not a thing no you don't use fat to get rid of a stain (laughs) in a textile or fabric soda water sure that's a place to start but other than that no um 
So yeah, long time lover of this. And I have actually watched this episode somewhat recently. I watched it a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, And so as I was watching, I was like, oh, I remember who did it. (laughs) Right. Okay. So, so I feel, I'm feeling a little like, I don't know, futuristic. I've got an advantage. Anyway, Kate, what about Mm -hmm. you? Uh, yeah, I also have a fond place in my heart for Murder, She Wrote, and I've told the story on the Televerse before, but one of my fond memories as a child was watching a Murder, She Wrote marathon on like a Memorial Day or something um, when my my mom and my sister were sick as a dog. And I'm pretty sure my dad had to take my brothers to the parade to play in the marching band. So I just stayed home because there was enough to wrangle. Um, And also I hate parades. The sun hates me and bugs love me. So it's not my place. Anyways. um, So we just like, we're just, my sister was laid out on the love seat and my mom was laid out on the the couch and I was laid out on the carpet and we just watched so many murder. She wrote that eventually the marathon started over. And this is not the current day situation where like, different cable channels do four episodes and call that a marathon and to which i laugh uh this was like an all day like at least eight episodes marathon and it looped back around to the first one and we're just like "Eh, we're fine we're not gonna we're not gonna get up and change the like click a button on the tv to change the channel no we're not gonna do that and we didn't have cable so this would have been probably like pbs i'm guessing um, or just something that came through on the bunny ears, uh, the rabbit yeah. ears. But um, yeah, it, it it's a, I don't remember anything about those episodes other than it was just a very pleasant way to, and very, uh, very chill bonding kind of way to, to watch and um, spend, spend the day. And just like, by the end we were, it was not requiring enough of us that my sister and my mom could uh like it was de- too demanding right but it, it it was just interesting enough and just different enough that we could have sort of gags about oh this is this this part of the narrative or i wonder if they did it kind of a thing or that jb you know so it's just it's a delightful show uh i've watched the pilot uh several times uh not all that recently but I definitely remembered immediate. Like I was thinking about it as soon as I remembered what it was. Um, I was like, "Oh, it's this one." Yeah, that person did it. Uh, but let's see. <laughs> let's see the fun as it unfolds. Anyways, the episode I've seen most recently is actually the Magnum PI crossover, which is which delightful. Is so very good. <laughs> it's very good because, uh, like, when you think who are fictional like crime solving detective characters who need to share the screen, the answer is. Jessica Fletcher and Magnum P.I. Not even Angela Lansbury and Tom Selleck, but Jessica Fletcher and Magnum P.I. Uh, absolutely delightful. Just to like chocolate and my peanut butter kind of fun. Um, but I'm looking forward to talking about this and certainly looking forward to Keenan and Marcus's thoughts, uh, which probably will be hold off until tomorrow on that. But because Marcus has never seen it and Keenan has only ever seen the pilot. So I'm I'm very excited about this. Uh, I have a I have a question for yeah. the panel, if that's okay. Sure. Um, bes- before we hear about Noel's childhood memories of Murder She Wrote, which I just this is we should just do here another free podcast idea for somebody else. Fuck your favorites with Kate Kalzik, performance reviews with Keenan Caldwell, and I remember Murder She Wrote, where anybody can talk about their fond memories of Murder She Wrote at any time. Um, just call I wanna know, listeners. <laughs> I want to know what fictional detective of any era you would most like to see solve a mystery with jessica fletcher because 
obviously, the Magnum PI, it's a delight. But if, if you're freed from the bounds of time, who, what team up would you most like to see? Because I think I have a strong opinion. Okay. Allison. Strong opinion. <laughs> I know. What? What? That's one, one of those ruthless media types. Immediately goes to Hercule Poirot, but I feel like there's yeah, not enough contrast too. there. I feel like yeah. they might, it might, like, it's more fun if they uh, don't, I don't necessarily agree with the motives, but, you know, kind of a thing. I feel like there's, there's, a th- that's my go-to answer, but I feel like there's a better answer that I just haven't thought of yet. What about you, Noel? Um, I mean, let's see. Yeah, because I'd go with Poirot, too. Um, that was my immediate answer. Miss um, Marple doesn't leave her c- cottage ever. That's her whole shtick is that she doesn't have to. Um, yeah. Um, Holmes is too misogynistic. Yeah. Um, and we just never give her the time of day. Miss Fletcher would be. Uh, yeah. That I, would be fun. Fisher. Miss Fisher. Fisher. Sorry, Miss Fisher. Yeah. See, Fletcher. See, that was like already my brain was making a portmanteau. Oh, yeah. No, no. I think that's kind of what I need is that. Yeah. Oh God! And God. you know what? If yeah, we want to push the need. bounds even farther, it could be we could throw out the whole bunk where, like, in between Miss Fisher and the series about her niece that I haven't seen, um, they have a, a, a later series with like old Friday, and we throw out the thing where she died in a plane crash, and instead she's in her like sixties or seventies with a slightly younger Jessica Fletcher, and. They're on a uh, transcontinental uh, boat trip, clearly, between Australia and and Or a sea sea voyage. Yes. Yeah. Long, lengthy sea voyage. Um, My answer was Harriet the Spy. Also um, very good. Which I think could be really, really fun. Uh, Although I would also just revel in the, the... tension of a of a jessica fletcher veronica mars pair up mm-hmm. um or uh, how about a miss sherlock Ooh, have you read lady sherlock the shit lady sherlock i, books, I have Kate? not read the lady sherlock books but i'm talking about the japanese version that's a gender swap version i have not seen it but you should read those books they're amazing <laughs> um the lady sherlock books are just their catnip um the other one is uh if i completely lost my train of thought who was it crap it was really good. I felt so smart. Oh, um, I never, I don't care enough about Bones to remember the one who isn't Bones, but Angel. Booth? Booth, thank yeah. you. Um, Booth and Jessica Fletcher. Mm-hmm. That, I want that. That could be good. Maybe he's one of her 900 nephews. Yeah. She has so many nephews. She yeah. does. <laughs> well, he would be a more interesting nephew than the than like all the any of the nephews I can or more specifically I can't remember from yeah. this show. Yeah. Um yeah, I don't really have any memories of watching Murder She Wrote. Um like like you like you said, Allison, it was on for twelve seasons and four movies. <laughs> The four movies of which were produced between 1997 and 2003. So they just kind of kept going for a long time. Um, but I don't have any like hard or fast memories of like sitting down and watching Murder, She Wrote. Um, because so much of it was both like still airing when I was a kid on CBS for years. Um, and But was also in syndication by the time I was old enough to watch TV. Um, so I just, it's one of those shows that I think for me was always present. 
and would tune in every now and then and then just like kind of not go on. Um, same thing with like I Dream of Genie or Bewitched. These were just shows that were on. I just can't remember watching them specifically in any way, shape or form. So I don't have any hard or fast memories of Murder, She Wrote, just that I've watched it. Um, the most hard, fast memories I have are from four years ago when I had shingles and Murder, She Wrote was still on Netflix and Murder, She Wrote was quiet enough that I could fall asleep watching it, but loud enough that I could kind of keep me interested sometimes um, if I didn't want to completely fall asleep. Um, so I got through most of the show while I had shingles enough to see like some of the backdoor pilots that they do in like season five or six when Angela Lansbury was just like, I want a break, um, including one with Ken Howard and a dog or a robot. It was very weird. Um, the 80s and 90s, man, just so weird. Um, so I, I have a great appreciation for this and no small pro also just because I love Angela Lansbury. Who doesn't? Um, she's fantastic. So I'm excited to talk about this, um, with all of you. Um, so where, where should we start? Do we want to start with just that delirious opening of here's that the show, I think kind of consistently plays with in this concept of artifice of a mystery kind of concept. Um, because I think that's something that recurs a fair bit through the show, but like this whole send up almost of a mystery show that you think is the actual murder. And then it's like, nope, just a play that's happening in Cabot Cove that Angela, that not Angela, that Jessica's in charge of the, this craft, craft services table for the fundraising for the, she's from the PTA. (laughs) (laughs) Um, well, first, I thought of another one that I need mm-hmm. in my eyeballs now, and okay. that is Jessica Fletcher and Mavra Motsui, uh, which needs to happen immediately. Do you guys know the number one ladies detective agency? Mm-mm. I do, but I haven't actually like engaged that. Oh, it's okay. The next time we, it's so good. The next time, it's directed by Anthony Mangella, the pilot uh, for HBO. Absolutely gorgeous. Um, very good. So. The next time we need to kill uh, an, a, a, a day, we can do that one. Um, oh, so good. Anyways, uh, yes. The, the, the only quibble I have with the opening here is that they don't return to her baking or her PTA status at any point in it. If there was, like, another mention of how she likes to bake or how she, like, you know is you know or maybe the PTA connection could, could be like through cuz she's a teacher or a substitute teacher like I wanted just a little bit more connection um which is a very much more modern way to view it than how it would have been written at the time or, or viewed at the time but I do love that opening it's just such a fun way like it's such a fun way to do that kind of introduction to a detective thing that I feel like a lot of shows have done yeah, I I also have quibbles with the really excellent opening, uh, but they could not be more different from Kate's. Mm-hmm. Um, that is not theatrical lighting. That is lighting for <laughs> film and television. Um, yeah, yeah, no, it is. It's very obviously a set, but it's also very obviously a film set. Um, there is just no universe in which any of that would work that way. That's also not how you would run a tech or a dress rehearsal. Um, and that director should be fired. Also, where are they? What theater is this? And is, that, is it an original play? And if so, why is the playwright not there? 
there? And does Cabot Cove support a, a good sized regional theater? Because it doesn't seem like they could, but maybe they do. Um, but if that's the case, then how do they get those expensive lighting equipment? Anyway, um, it also just, it, it sounds like maybe it's not a very good mystery. Um, if, if the clues were there and the director didn't realize it. Mm-hmm. Or the directors thought no one would pick up on it because they were so wrapped up in the suspense and the, so the theatricality, the cinematic experience of being in this play with its cinematic lighting. It's very <laughs> well, cinematic lighting. There's also the issue of they leave and say, we'll see you at the, we'll see it at the premiere tomorrow. When like two lines before they said, okay, why don't we talk after the rehearsal finishes which is clearly like a like this is not tech week because it's not too it's too early in the day but um the the, the, then they don't come back to have the follow-up meeting about the refreshments they never discuss the refreshments and she goes oh i'll see you at the premiere bye it's like i still loved it tomorrow at the premiere yeah. Because obviously there yeah. would be, before we got to that stage, there would be an invited dress. There maybe would be a couple of previews. Again, it depends on the size of the house and whether or not they're working with an equity contract. Um, I have a lot of opinions. <laughs> <laughs> I did not expect all of this when I brought up the, when I brought this up, but I'm very glad it all happened. <laughs> well, it's a very good opening. I, I want to throw down some credit to our actor within a play who's just she is acting her face off that woman is selling that mystery play so that theater first of all that theater does not deserve her um she's so good it's also film acting and not theater acting but again that's fine but she is very good selling it she is very good but just the pace was wrong gotta pick up the pace gotta pick up the pace hit that cue much harder yeah Yeah. um i did forget to read comments so again Mm -hmm. Problems of being the first person here. Um, Marcus had only one channel to watch growing up, and that channel chose to air sitcoms instead of procedurals. So Marcus had never seen any of Murder, She Wrote, or even anything like it for a long time, Um, which I feel like sometimes procedurals just didn't cycle through syndication, Um, I guess just because they took up too much time. Um, And also... These older shows ran for 47 minutes, so you have to speed them up or cut them in weird places to squeeze in more commercials, um, which sucks now. Um, Keenan would honestly love a Miss Fisher, Mrs. Fletcher crossover. Um, and yeah, no, I think that's a really good idea. And Keenan also just pre-ordered the new Lady Sherlock book. Um, so so another, another endorsement for the Lady Sherlock series from Keenan and from Allison. So that's a double endorsement. <laughs> um, and Keenan would also love to watch Booth and Jessica Booth being, um, David Boreanaz's character from Bones. Um, but Marcus also points out that you'd have to make sure that Mrs. Fletcher is Jessica <laughs> Fletcher and not the Catherine Hans Mrs. Fletcher, which would end up being very different. <laughs> I don't know that that's true because Miss Fisher seduces everyone. <laughs> I feel like it would go the same way with both Fletchers. Yeah, but Mrs. Fletcher is sort of having a like a Catherine Hahn, Mrs. Fletcher is <laughs> dealing with a, like a midlife crisis situation too, right? Mm-hmm. Like she's struggling with a lot of things. And I think that the presence and she's a mother and the presence of jet, because again, she would be an aunt. So this would be an aunt. So it would be a niece and a great nephew. And she could really help in that troubled family dynamic. Really. I think she would help a lot. That's, that's super fair. 
Um, <laughs> Keenan says, and honestly, and I think this is, yeah, honestly, it doesn't look much more ridiculous than other TV shows of the past. Um, and Marcus points out the video quality for Murder, She Wrote um, was better than expected. And yeah, the remastered versions of both um, Murder, She Wrote and my partner and I have been watching Columbo. Um, the remastered Columbo transfer that's over on Peacock is absolutely gorgeous. It looks really, really, really good. Um, there's almost no excuse to watch either of these shows in syndication on like those low-tier cable net cable channels that air them right now because those are all really bad transfers. Anyway, <laughs> um, so the other thing that I kind of like about this pilot is that this pilot loves itself a montage, particularly this hour of the show loves itself a montage. Um, so how did you feel about the montages upon montages that we get in this? Um, since it gives us the theme song montage, but also giving us the theme song <laughs> before the actual action starts. Um, and then we get the theme song montage and then we get a JB's successful montage has to get ready to go to the big city montage. And then her whirlwind press tour montage. <laughs> it's three <laughs> montages within the span of like 10 minutes. Um, how did we feel about that in terms of like setting everything up? Because one of the traits of particularly like older television is that you don't get an origin story. You just get pushed into a thing. And they establish that she's a writer. She solves crimes by popping up in places where crimes exist. But this gives you like a whole backstory for where Jessica is before she actually becomes a world-renowned amateur sleuth who just goes on vacation and people die. Um, so <laughs> how, how, how did all of that play for you, especially in like a historical television perspective? Because like, again, with Columbo, he just shows up. We don't get a whole backstory. <laughs> it's one of those things when you watch older TV that immediately comes like stick stands out comes to the fore uh this is something you know with the various shows back when we used to actually do dvd shelves every single week i shudder to think uh on, on the televerse uh watching shows from different eras and everything um is that they all it's not just cut to the middle of the, it's always here's the outside of the shop look someone's sweeping outside the shop and then we're going to go into the shop and then we'll start to have a conversation and then our character will come in like because they really lay the groundwork of the scene and everything like they it's just so much uh it breathes so much more it, it's just a very different approach than we do now because they have an extra five to ten minutes to play with in the runtime um but i i mean i think it's great especially for a double length pilot i like that they took the time uh, i like that you know you there's a strong sense that we are starting the beginning of a new set of adventures for for mrs fletcher for jb and because she you know her husband died not that long ago long enough ago but not that long ago um she seems like she is uh you know retired around that time probably but is retired now she wrote a book but did not she is not an author she didn't expect anyone to read it so she wrote for fun but this is her first you know, sort of uh, publicity for her writing in any meaningful way. And now she's just getting wrapped up in all these other things. And I'm sure in future episodes, they'll bring so-and-so, the friend from the school days and all this, like build in the, the backstory. But 
this does feel like the beginning of a new adventure, but with a character who knows herself so completely and is so comfortable in who she is. And and it's that performance from Angela Lansbury that just makes me enjoy every one of those montages because she's just delightful. She's a wonderful, wonderful actor who, you know, anybody who's seen back to even Gaslight, right? One of her first films, uh, always amazing. So, her first film. Yeah, no. Her first film, yeah. Um, always amazing. But, uh, like, she's, like, biking through town. She's always running. She looks so – she looks ridiculous running uh, to a modern modern eyes or to my eyes because I'm so used to, like, like the athletic wear and, like, the wicking fabrics, all this different stuff. But, like, this is her. Like, my mom is an Iron Man. She goes out for – like, yesterday she biked 100 miles, right? So she's, like – she. this is a, a woman who – I mean, Angela Lansbury was 59 when they filmed this. So she's like basically 60 retirement age uh, out for a jog around town. And I was like, you know, she's she it, the initial response is, oh, she looks like a fuddy duddy. But that's not the case. That's not what it actually is. She is a vibrant and uh, engaged and active person who is in the next starting the next chapter of her life. And that comes through like that. Just she just doesn't give a fuck. That she's so confident in herself, and that comes through every frame. I like the montage for the book tour, comes through in every single interaction. It's delightful, it's really great. I totally agree. Um, and the, Kate, that's exactly the point I was trying to make with the comparison to Norman and a very English scandal, right? Just mm-hmm. like undeniably herself. Um, and she, you know, like it, it, it's not the most fashion forward jogging ensemble, but she looks so comfortable. She always looks really comfortable, except for when her friends are putting her in ridiculous outfits that would, by the way, be terrible on television. Um, she just, you can tell that like people are trying to shove her in this box and she isn't interested. She has her own situation. She knows exactly who she is and what she wants and what she likes and, um, and is curious and friendly and warm and patient and tolerant and just is the best. Um, so I really like the montages as well. I could watch her smile and type simultaneously for a long, long time before I got bored of it. Um, I also, I wonder how differently, it would have played when it aired originally because I doubt very much that we had opening credits and then second opening credits. Yeah, that seemed sure. like, like a peacock thing. Yeah. It's definitely um, like something that happened in like syndication. Or, right. Like, but but yeah. I still enjoyed it. Like mm-hmm. I still enjoyed watching the opening credits and humming the theme song and then doing it all again. Why not? Let's just keep going. Let's ride our bikes. Let's go for a jog. Let's go to the market. Let's wave. Let's wash our windows. Um, all of the wonderful things. It also makes me just want to, keep a tidier house um <laughs> i just i gotta wash my windows i really gotta wash my windows um so yeah i agree montages thumbs up yeah loved <clears throat> marcus there's says- so many good gifts right there's so many great reaction gifts just in this like when she's got the mud mask on and the person comes in and she goes does the big eyes like lots of great reaction shots highly gifable first episode well, yeah. she's just so flustered by everything within new york um just all of it. And even down to being very anti-spoiler with that one mm-hmm. uh, television interview where it's just like, why are you giving away the ending of my book? I mean, she that's, she's not wrong. My book like literally just came out and you're spoiling it. <laughs> it came out like two weeks ago. What are you doing to me? Um, 
Well, I mean, we're not spoiling the end of the pilot of Murder, She Wrote. Right, yeah. And that came out in 1984. Yeah. Um, She's also queen of the sick burns. The unknowing sick burn as well sometimes, which is great. Polite. She's a real, she's a real bless your art type, only New England instead of Southern. Uh, Marcus says that uh, this appears. This also seems to be paced like a feature film, uh, given that the murder doesn't happen until nearly 30, 45 minutes into the um, into the the double parter, um, the two parter. That's the phrase. No, good lord. Um, yeah, and I think that a lot of that just boils down to like it's a big launch um, of a new show. You've got Angela Lansbury, who by this point is a name. Um, and her career is solid enough that you can launch a program with her and you should roll out the red carpet by doing a movie length pilot basically for her. And I think that comes through a lot, even in down to the fact that typically a murder, she wrote episode starts with her going to the party. Um, and then everything kind of trickling down from there. So what did you all think about the party and our collection of potential suspects that get uh, set up? over the course of the party, including Louise, the captain's wife, uh, the captain himself, Caleb, Captain Caleb McCullum, um, Ashley, uh, the captain's mistress, um, Baxendale, the dapper PI who starts off as a, (laughs) starts off as one. And Mm -hmm. then of course, Grady, poor, poor nephew Grady, who's just the worst yeah, it's not great. It's so Christy. I love it. Yeah. Like I read a lot of Agatha Christie as a kid. Um, so it's very Christy and I and I did very much dig it. Um, Marcus says I got a kick out of uh, all the party costumes. And I think that's really, yeah, yeah I think that's a great point. Uh, it, it adds so much fun and tells you so much. Um, and just you, you immediately can identify the tropes, right? The, the archetypes that we have going on here. And anyone who's a fan of detective stories or this genre of TV show, um, you can immediately ping, okay, so we got this, 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 and this. Let's see what happens. Um, and giving them very heightened, ridiculous, but some of them quite fashionable costumes to go with it was a fun way to make sure everybody stayed nice and distinct Um yeah, in, in the show, because we haven't talked about Grady, because no one cares about Grady. He's super forgettable. He shows up in 12 uh, episodes of this show. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I do think a thing that's not super forgettable is he reads her manuscript without permission, removes it from her home, gives it to his girlfriend, yeah. friend, who then submits it to a publisher and then apparently negotiates some so the beginnings of a contract all without her knowledge, much less her permission. Yeah. Um, Grady, it all's well that ends well. Obviously, she's pleased, but it could have been shortened a lot if he had just said, hey, can I read this? It looks like you wrote a book. Did you write a book? Like, that, that would have been great, Grady. God. <laughs> Sorry, Tom is laughing at me. But seriously, <laughs> Grady, the worst. We'll do. We're gonna collaborate, friends, on a list that we'll sell somewhere because everybody wants stupid lists. Where we'll rank every niece and nephew, and do you know who's gonna be dead last? Fucking Grady, that's who. There are a lot of nieces, as we've alluded to, nieces and nephews that just keep popping up, and yet we never meet the rest of her family. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> on either side. Like we never really meet any of anyone from her husband's side either, but we often go to like his nieces and nephews who she's like adopted as her own nieces and nephews because that's who Jessica Fletcher is. Um, uh, Marcus was bewildered by the immediate punch, uh, punch Grady delivered, um, to Baxendale, the PI, when he's sneaking around. Um, yeah, Grady's just, Grady's just out to prove himself, man. He's just out to prove himself. It's just like, no. He's got some issues. He's got some rage issues clearly to work with. Like, that wouldn't be my go-to beat the, beat up somebody. I'd be like, hey, why are you in my room? Yes, exactly. Why, why are you here? Um, yeah. So... <laughs> We end up with a body in the pool, which is classic, just utter classic, a very um, from here to eternity, right? From here, Sunset Boulevard. Sunset, Sunset, Boulevard. Sunset Boulevard. Why was I confusing those two? Uh, Sunset Boulevard sort of thing. So there's a plenty of like little homages happening here um, that had his face blown off with a shotgun, um, which feels gruesome, <laughs> but we also don't get to see it. So it's not as gruesome. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Perry Mason. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Immediately where my brain went. Yep. Um, but we also get like little clues scattered throughout, including like the sonic booms at this very affluent mansion provide cover for any sort of gunshots that might have happened. Yeah. I wonder what could happen. Um, but also just the fact that why is this rich house in the fl- in the flight path of an airport? <laughs> there, the geography is baffling where in the country so they're so it's in the country right and they can drive there but it seems like kind of a lengthy road trip but also a train goes there and somehow she goes to the train in new york and then arrives at the police station where they were so then her nephew was arrested in new york and went back but then it's not the sheriff's jurisdiction it's the county it's extremely the it's extremely confusing yes but who cares whatever absolutely no sense to me marcus says uh (laughs) air force base that was my thought which that's a much better answer yeah it's a much better answer as someone who lives near a joint military air base and just hears cargo planes flying overhead almost constantly sometimes yeah no it's um terrible um so then the i guess the last thing that i have is we just we get we get this very good local police sheriff who is very upset that his Sunday has been ruined. Just so upset. Um, <laughs> but also we get like so much good stuff with her, with him and Jessica, including his whole desire to wrap up this case in a big drawing room scene real quick. But you just see Jessica moving back and forth in the windows, doing nothing, but at the same time, clearly investigating and looking for clues and totally knives knives outing this whole thing. Um, but it's just, it's so delightful and silly. And he's immediately just like, oh, please help me. I've read your book. Please help me. Do this for me. <laughs> The um uh the, the the scoring for that was just right. The pacing was very good. Uh, it was absolutely delightful, and just the I thought the performances for all these supporting characters were really strong. The talking about the 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 body in the in the pool, I thought actually that moment of I'm not actually dead, and the wife reacting everything was actually really strong, yes. really affecting. Um, and and again, it's such a it's the kind of thing that would be skipped now. They would have done was just like a uh, a quick reveal and then a reaction and then moved on. They wouldn't have taken the time to have her see him react, run up, hug him, stop, pull back, 
slap him across the face. Like they wouldn't have taken the time for all that. And I'm, I, you know, it's part of the charm of this show and this t- era of TV that they do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I also like that we get a lengthy gap between when the body is discovered and the revelation of the costume switcheroo. Mm-hmm. Um, just be, which again is the kind of thing we would skip. It's like we would notice, no, the shoes are wrong. What then? Who is this? Dun dun. Right. <laughs> Instead, it, we get to sort of ruminate and people grieve and you see people's reactions, which really sets up the idea of the dueling suspect list based on who the killer thought they were killing um, because we get to spend time with both questions um, before we really get into it, which I think is great and really smart. Yeah. Um, I will say those two men have very different body types. Um, I do not believe for a second that that costume, unless he didn't change his pants, but sure look like he had on Sherlock Holmes pants, that the costume would fit. That's a very good point, which is also really funny considering that the whole thing about the play was about the clothes being wrong. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. And that then it becomes an issue of error with the clothes not being correct for this. Um, (laughs) Yeah. yeah. So do you all, yeah, have any final thoughts? Because we've gone like way over and Kate's going to murder me um, in my pool. Um, yeah, I've got a couple things. Uh, Marcus mentions that Grady was my first suspect until he was the first arrested. Yeah, um, yep, nothing like, yeah, maybe it's him. He got arrested first. Oh, he didn't do it. It's too he weird. definitely didn't do it. <laughs> definitely didn't do it. Um, my last thought is, uh, can we have a moment for Dame Angela Lansbury looks good? She's always <laughs> looked good. She still looks good. She's <laughs> she always does. looked good. She's always been stunning. But just like... May any of us look that good at 59? May any of us look that good now? Yeah. Rocking the crap out of a Glinda costume. Very nice. But Cinderella's Cinderella's fairy godmother. Oh, it does. It's, it does. It's, she's it's, going no, no. for a bippity boo It really does read like Glinda. No, it totally it does. does. It's a, which is a much better choice yes. than Cinderella's fairy godmother. Yes. Infinitely better choice. Especially when you You're have... at a book people party. Choose something from a book. Who chose Humpty Dumpty? Not, I mean, a great costume, but come on. You know you just had that costume sitting around from a previous thing. He uses Villa. it for all the costume yeah. parties. Yeah. Someone yeah. was dressed up as like the Disney Snow White and I just went, no. Nope. nope. <laughs> Try again. <laughs> That's not how we do it in Cabot Cove. Except we're not in Cabot Cove. We're in like Volgang or some. Oh, I know. Yeah. We're in, you know, it's not civilized. Northern, it's Cabot Northern Cove. New York. Yeah. Cabot Cove, where the only claws are lobsters and they eat them. <laughs> Anything else from you, Allison? No, I love it. Yeah. I just, I just love Murder She Wrote. I'm very excited to watch part two. So you haven't watched part of... two yet? No, I was like, I definitely, I definitely watched part two. I was yeah, like, no. I should stop now. I'm not gonna stop yeah. now. I definitely well, stopped. Then Allison, who do you think did it? I remember who. Oh, did you it. remember who did it? Okay. Yeah. Do you remember who did it? No, you watched. I already it. watched part two yesterday. Okay. So. Keenan and Marcus. Yes, Keenan Marcus. Please predict who did it if you did if not. you have not seen it, yeah. which I guess neither of you have, right? No, Keenan, you have. Keenan has. Yeah. Okay. If you don't remember who did it, then make a guess. Ashley Vickers. Okay. okay. Marcus guesses Ashley Vickers. Okay. She of the stained dress. Yes. That definitely got more stained when Jessica rubbed eggs all over it. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Keenan says, "If I have seen it, but if you think I re- remember, that's and that is not a stain it's remover. Not. No, it's, uh, it's Keenan, do you have a guess? <laughs> nope. We've broken Keenan just remembering the stain remover. Eggs and milk? You're just making scrambled eggs at that point. 
Yeah. yeah. Gravy did the, it. Yes, gravy The soda it. water was for the stain. The eggs and milk were just because she needed a bite. Yeah. 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 She used some protein, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so Keenan guesses Grady, uh, Marcus guesses Ashley Vickers, and we'll be back to talk about tomorrow. But, Noel, you are not able to join us. Right. Do you want to give us any spoiler-free reactions to uh, to the second part of it or thoughts? I think that the a lot of the slow play of figuring out um, who done it is really well handled in the second, second whatchamacallit, in the second episode. There is... Stuff in New York, like downtown city part of New York, that I do not care for. It's weird. Um, just on a number of levels. So I look forward to listening to your discussion about it, since I won't be able to be here tomorrow. But it's very good, and I really like the conclusion of the episode. I think it's very, very good. Okay. Keenan changes her guess. She says, no, I love my real guess is the publisher, Edmund Dante's guy. So, Okay. There we go. We'll talk about it tomorrow. He's so smooth, though. He's wants just so much. Yeah, but I don't. I don't see any chemistry there. No, there's like so little chemistry there. How are you not having chemistry with Angela Lansbury? She's Angela Lansbury. Come on. (laughs) Keenan points out if you're obsessed with the Count of Monte Cristo, you're prepared to kill. Indeed, (laughs) it is known. (laughs) It is known. Well, Noel, you want to take it out? Oh, right. How do I take it out? I don't remember how to take it out. You do it for. <laughs> okay, well, Marcus and Keenan, thanks for joining us today in the Zoom. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We'll be back tomorrow to talk about the dramatic conclusion of the Murder She Wrote pilot. Uh, thanks, guys. Thank Bye. You. Bye. Bye. <laughs>